Thank you, Jesus. If you're giving him praise, just give it to him with everything on the inside of you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone say the triumph of mercy. Say again, the triumph of mercy. The triumph of mercy. Whoever you're believing God for their salvation, God is going to bring them in. I say the Lord is going to bring them in. I'm trying the truth. God is going to bring them in. Even say the triumph of mercy. The triumph of mercy. Praise the Lord. You may be sitting in his presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord has been speaking to us. And it was so strong upon my heart even last last night. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There's a scripture in the book of uh, Isaiah. Uh, help me, I want to try and get it. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. He speaks of God being the lawgiver. God is the king. And God being the judge. That's a very powerful scripture. I want to put, put that scripture there. Put it in your 2.13. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Say the triumph of mercy. In fact, that's a very good t-shirt. Writing. Put there. The triumph of mercy. Put it there. Write it on it. Have you seen it? I want to show you something. Let's read here. 33.22. Let's read together. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. Are you hearing me? Everyone, you hearing me clearly? Very good. Let's read again. For the Lord is our judge. Uh-huh. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. One more time, one more time. Let's read again. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will say, If you, some, you're an academician, what do you see there? That's the government. That's the four, three wings of the government. What do you see there? The judiciary. What do you see there? The executive. And what do you see there? The legislative. What do you call Legislation? Legislative? Executive? And judiciary. It is all there. He is the judge. He sets the law. Parliament does what? They make the laws. And he is the king. Follow me. Are you following me? So we see the judge, we see the king, we see the judge, we see the, the lawmaker. He's all in one person called who? Called God. There's a point I want to drive on. 
Because the same one who judges is the same one who grants us mercy. Now, I'm not very conversant with these laws of ours. I don't know whether it's council, but I believe it is somewhere in the constitution of this nation. Is Olivia here? Do you have any lawyer here? We have only doctors around here and businessmen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Is any lawyer here? Okay. Ask your neighbor, what did you do at the university? Okay, what did you do at HSC? It's just, I think that one is a lot. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I believe it's enshrining somewhere in the law of this land that the president has got the prerogative to grant mercy. Is it somewhere in the law now? Even if it has been found that a person is guilty and is going to be sentenced to death, there is somewhere the constitution has placed that the president can say, I have come. The person will not die because of mercy. Are you getting my point? Now, the God we serve, even if you're guilty, you're supposed to die. But how of his own love for you, he can rise and say, you will not die. I'll have mercy upon you. Am I making sense to you this morning? So, mercy doesn't negate the justice of God. Only that, when mercy is brought into play, that scripture comes into fulfillment, James 2.13. That mercy triumphs over judgment. Am I making sense to you? Even say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Another wrong mindset we have in the church, we think mercy is for sinners. But a believer needs mercy more than a sinner. Because the thing that I expected of a believer is much more than what is expected of a sinner. <laughs> the demand on God, on a believer, requires that you need the mercies of God over your life than ever before. Am I making sense to you? Say, Holy Spirit, help me. So when we go to Hebrews chapter number 4 and we start from verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse number 12. Let's go there. For the word of the Lord is living and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit. Of joints and marrow. Is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 13. There is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open. To the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. You see, many times men usually base their judgment on what you do. But God goes more than that. God is more interested in why did you do it. The intent. God is more interested in the what? The intent. The why. Men are always concerned with what. But God is concerned with why. Motives. Because he's the only one who knows your heart. Am I making sense to you? So, he who knows your heart. And another person who knows your heart, you know your heart. Why do you do what you do? 
God is more concerned with the why than with the what. So the Bible is telling us here that he judges the intents of our heart. Why did you give that money? Why did you fast? Next verse. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, after exposing us in verses 12, 13, now he gives us hope that even if we are naked before the Lord, are you hearing me? We are totally exposed. So now he's telling you, you have to take your eyes away from yourself. Because now you need someone to represent you. So he's saying, seeing then, another person is there for them. We see then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heaven. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. Now what confession are we holding on to? Our confession remains what Jesus did for us at the cross. Our confession is what the blood of Jesus is speaking to us. Now listen to me. Because when you look at where you are, your performance and your position, they seem not to be matching. When you look at your performance and your position, they're like this. So there is a temptation to bend down to your performance and forget your position. When you gave your life to Jesus, you were positioned in Him. You became the righteousness of God. You became everything that Jesus was. Are you hearing me, church? Am I communicating to you? Now, because you have fallen short of the, what your position is telling you, the temptation to speak your condition instead of your position is very high. Am I making sense to you? Let me give you some example. The Bible says, let the weak say. But you are what? But you are saying what? What is your position? Strong. What is your condition? Weak. Am I making sense to you? So the scripture says, hold to your confession. Your profession is your position in Christ. I'm strong. But your condition can compel you to say, I am what? Now, my saying that I am strong is because I am being represented by someone called Jesus Christ in heaven. Um, am I communicating to you? So now, the scripture, I hope it's not making sense to us. Now, when I declare I am the righteousness of God, I am the heal of the Lord, I am the rich of the Lord, I'm speaking, basing on, knowing that there is a high priest in heaven. Though right now I may have no money on my account. Are you getting my point? Look at neighbor saying, how much do you have there? They don't want to tell you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Physically, the environment speaks otherwise. But the scripture tells you and me, let us hold fast to our word, our profession. Our profession is what Jesus has already done for me and you. Say he has healed me. He has delivered me. He has blessed me. Now you hold on to that. It is through holding on to that. You, as you continue holding on to that position. You begin to rise from where you are. Until your life aligns with your profession. In the process of you holding on to your profession. God will begin to bring Factors into your life that will enable you to arrive at what you are professing. Am I making sense to you? Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Are we together here? 
Say, Holy Spirit, give me the spirit of understanding. Why are you going off and on, off and on from the screen? Can we stay with the thing? Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Some say we have a high priest. Who is he? Is Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our profession. Next verse. For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So where you failed in your life, Jesus passed. Let me repeat myself. Have you ever failed before? Have you ever failed before? We have all failed. We all failed. In fact, some of you failed before you came here this morning. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. The scripture is telling us that Jesus was tempted in all points that you and me faced every day. But he overcame. He overcame. He overcame. In other words, he is able to furnish you with the same strength that he used to overcome what you're confronting. Because he knows how it feels like. Are you hearing me, child? Let me give you a same example. Give me the book of Lamentation, chapter 3, verse 22. Let's start from verse 21. Lamentation. I want to help us. These I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Say, I have hope. <laughs> Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassion does not fail. Let's read together. These I recall to my mind. You're so weak. Let's read again. These I recall to my mind. Therefore I. Where, where, how do you have hope? Why do you have hope? Because of verse 22. I say, why do you have hope? Verse 22. Recall this, always have this at the back of your mind. So you don't lose hope. That what? Through the Lord's mercies, no matter what you are going through, through the Lord's mercy, you will not be consumed. Am I making sense to you? That's what the Bible is trying to tell us. You will not be consumed because His compassion will not fail. Say, whatever I'm going through, I will not be consumed because His compassion does not fail. Am I making sense to you? Now, the one who has passed into heaven has gone through what we have gone through, but he never failed. So he is able to furnish you with the same strength. Are you hearing me? To enable you to do what? To overcome whatever you are going through right now. Say, Lord, I need your mercies. Am I making sense to us this morning? Let me give an example. For instance, you're a parent. If you're a parent, you want your children to go to the best schools. Praise the Lord. The best school. You want the best school. You have that strong desire. You will love your children to go maybe to an international school. They pay $6,000 a time. You have the love for your child. Say, I have the love for my child. You get my point? You have the compassion. But you don't have the resources to fulfill your love and your compassion. 
So your compassion fails. Am I making sense to you? But God has enough resources to make sure his compassion Ah, Lord help these people. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? So if God has compassion on you, he will supply you with the $10,000 to make sure you go to that international school. That's why I say his compassion never fails. I'm making sense to somebody here. Say his mercies never fails. Why do we need mercy? Why do we need mercy? Look at his neighbor. You look like a human being. I tell them you look like a human being. Therefore, you need the mercies of God. See, I know you're saved. I know you're born again. I know you speak in tongues and you speak in Luganda. Are you hearing me? But you are what? Give me the book of uh, Ephesians, probably an amplified version. Chapter 2, verse number 4. I want to show you something. I'm still on this subject of mercy because we need to position ourselves so that we can enjoy the mercies of God. Amplified version. Let's read together. But God, being so very rich in mercy, saying, David, your biggest poverty is in mercy. You are very poor in mercy. Because of His great and wonderful love with which he has loved us. Give me the next verse. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses. Say, so, do you have some shortcomings in you? Do you have some shortcomings? Oh, yours is a long coming. Say, so, Holy Spirit, help me. Are you hearing me? He made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. Say, I have the very life of Jesus. Oh, that's a beautiful scripture. Say, I have the very life of Jesus. The same new life with which he quickened him. For it is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve that you are saved. Delivered from judgment. And made partakers of Christ's salvation. Now, give me verse 4 again. I think you have given me another amplified version. Okay, let's try it again. There it is. That's what I wanted. Let's read again. But God so rich is he in his mercy. Because of. And in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. His love is intense. You see, love is never love until it is expressed. Isn't it so? Until it is, so God was burning with love. Dying with his love. He couldn't release it on angels. He couldn't release it on the elders, 24 elders in heaven. He couldn't release it on the cherubims. So he was looking for a creature on whom he could do what? Lavish his love. Because God himself is who? His love. Am I making sense to somebody here? So he decided to create you. Say, I'm a creature of God. So God created you so that he can lavish his love on you. Oh, Lord, help these people. Say, neighbor, I know your girlfriend disappointed you. 
Tell them, I know your girlfriend disappointed you. That's why you don't believe in what I'm telling you. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Are you hearing me, church? His love for you is so intense. Now, how does God show his love? How does God show his love? That's when verse 5 comes into play. You are dead. You are an enemy. You are firewood for hell. You hated God. Everything inside you was against God. And God said, this is the best opportunity for me to express my love. When there is nothing he deserves, this one I'm going to show him my love. Am I making sense to you? So God does not love you because of anything you will ever do or you have ever done. God loves you because he loves you. Say he loves me because he loves me. And so one of the... How can I put it? English is not my mother tongue. Praise the Lord. So I don't know which one to use. But one of the factors within the love of God is called mercy. So one of the ways God will show his love to his child is that he will furnish you with what? With his mercy. Now we read clear that things we don't deserve that he says is there. Mercy and favor that yourself delivered from judgment. So there is so much that me and you, God wants us to walk into. Not because of anything that you and I have done. But we just need to have a revelation of his mercy. Then God can release those things into our lives. Am I making sense to you? Okay, let me help you. Why do we need mercy? The Bible tells us we come before the throne of grace. That we may do what? Paul is not writing to non-believers. He's writing to who? To believers. So a believer needs the mercy of God. Say, I need the mercies of God. Now give me the book of uh, Psalms 33 because I want to help us to appreciate this so that you can walk into the mercy of God. Psalms 33, give me verse number 10. Give me verse number 10. Let's read together. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. Unless the Lord builds, the builders build in vain. Unless the Lord watches, the watchmen watch in vain. Jesus, do you know even God has mercy on non-believers? This rain is beating both believers and non-believers. It is raining on the field of a witch doctor and it is raining on the field of a pastor. That is what? The mercies of God. If God hasn't approved, no matter what you do, say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Give me verse 16. 33. Let's read together. No king is saved by the multitude. Now, get this truth in your spirit. So, it is no longer about an army right now. No king. You put that. What is your army? It can be your academic transcripts. Hey, are you getting my point? PhD. 
what else? CHD, DVD. Are you hearing me? PHY. You, all those, you, you can put anything on. Then you can conclude with Z because there's nothing after Z. Praise the Lord. You have everything. The Bible says, no king is saved by the multitude of an army. What does the next one say? A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. I want this truth to enter your spirit because this is the only way you are going to secure the hand of God on your life. It does not say don't have an army. It does not say don't have strength. But these things, unless the hand of God approves it, there is nothing they can do for you. Am I making sense to you? Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Give me verse 17. Let's read together. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. He's trying to expose you that there is nothing under this sun here that men put their confidence in. That can be your advantage the moment you start dealing with God. If you're outside God, you can do. But the moment you come into this kingdom, if you want to secure the mercies of God over your life, no matter how highly educated you are, no matter how connected you are, no matter how healthy you are physically, never place your confidence in any of those things. Even if you have a hundred billion on your account. There's a man I read yesterday, a young man, he was, I think he had $36 billion in this cryptocurrency. It has been wiped out. All of it. Today, I'm better off than him. Are you hearing me? I hope he has made some investment somewhere. Are you hearing me? Just in one night like this, $36 billion wiped out. Wiped out like this. $36 billion. For you, you are crying over $2 million. Nothing in this world should be the place where you put your confidence in. Don't even put your confidence in the doctor's report. Even they say your health is perfect. Thank God for that. Put your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because tomorrow you can wake up, I'm telling you. Are you hearing me? And your ear cannot hear. You say, what happened? But the doctor gave me 100%. Because there is nothing under the sun that is perfect. I hope I'm helping somebody here. I'm trying to set you in a position where you will constantly be receiving the mercies of God. It is a heart posture. It is beyond prayer. I hope I'm helping somebody here. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. So you see, all these things are there. Give me verse 18. What does it say? Verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His mercy. I have the army. I have the horses. I have the money. I have the relationships. But none of these things is my focus. My eyes are on His mercy. Are you getting my point? Oh, Lord, help this people. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Our famous scripture, give it to us. Ecclesiastes 9.11. You know it very well. Give it to us in NLT. Let's read together. I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry 
and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't lead successful. It is all decided by chance. Being in the right place at the say mercy. Carry me. Put me in the right place at the right time. I said it's a mercy. Position me in the right place at the right time. Tell him it's a mercy. Position me in the right place at the right time. Brothers and sisters, if it was working hard that makes people rich, people would not be in Chikubo. Those people work hard. Oh, they work hard. By five, they're there carrying stuff. Up to midnight. And they go back. They work hard. It's beyond working hard. Say, I need the mercies of God. We are men. Say, I'm a man. So what, what is it about man? Give it to me. The book of Romans chapter 8. Verse number 26. What is in man? Romans 8, 26. Let's read. Likewise, the Spirit also helps say we have weaknesses. The, the reason why the Holy Spirit has come because you have what? Weakness. Say, I have weaknesses. Say, I have infirmities. I have limitations. I have shortcomings. Therefore, what do you need? You need the mercies of God. Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you. In fact, the higher you go, the more of the mercies of God you need. If you need less mercy, stay down. Tell anybody, if you don't want mercy, just stay down there. You have less. I'm telling the truth. Since the fall of man, something entered into human beings. And man needs God's mercy to soar. So, Jesus, through his servant Paul, tells us the throne or the altar called prayer is one of the ways through which you come to God. Instead of crying to God for sugar, cars, cry for what? Mercy. Lord, because the moment God furnishes you with his mercy, mercy has a way of locating things for you. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Give me another scripture. I think it's Romans chapter 6, verse 19. Give it to me. Do you have NIV? Give it to me in NIV. Let's read together. I am using an example from everyday life. Because of what? Human limitation. Look at it and say, we have human limitation. I'm trying to tell you, as far as you're a human being, that's why the scripture tells us, where do we have this treasure? Clay. This is what? Vessels of clay. There's so much glory in this vessel. You carry so much treasure in this vessel that... It's loaded with the mightiest of the greatest power, stronger than nuclear power. But it is in a word. A vessel of clay. The carrier of this vessel, of water, of this treasure, can be knocked down by a mosquito. <laughs> Hello? Are you hearing me? 
Therefore, the Bible tells us, in your living, be conscious of this, that you are a man. Luke 18. Give it to me, verse number 1. Let's read it together. Luke 18. Let's say, read together. And Jesus told his disciples a parable. Give it to me in the in other version until I tell you to go to NIV. Let's read together. That man always ought to pray and not lose her. Ask anybody, you a man? <laughs> you need to pray. <laughs> Why do we pray? Then he comes. There's a woman who is seeking what? Justice. Goes to the judge. Lord, help me. Please help me. For a season, the judge held her. They said, no, I must grant this woman justice. Now the Bible says when we come before God, we are not crying for justice. What are we crying for? Mercy. 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 Down there, Jesus gave the parable of two people. One of them was a prayer warrior. The other one was a tax collector. The scripture, that very, that very chapter, it is that very chapter 18, just down there, I think, I believe. The scripture tells us he gave the parable to warn people who trust in their performance. I want you to follow me. Now, listen. I'm laboring to help you stay in the position where you constantly attract what? Masses of God. Even if you don't pray. Because your heart posture is in the right place. Am I making sense to you? No, don't go very far. Let's first go back. Let's start from where it's supposed to start. Two men went up. No, give back. Jesus gave a parable. That's how he starts. He gave a parable. Maybe go to verse 9 or 8. Where does it start from? And he spoke a parable. Let's read together. And also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. That what? They were righteous and despised others. This is the whole reason why he gave this parable. So he begins to list the things he does. What does he do? He's a tither. What does he do? He prays how many times? Twice. He fasts twice a week. Uh What else does he do? He's a holy man. He doesn't steal. He's not an adulterer. Are you hearing me? He's trying to tell us that he's a disciplined man. His confidence is no longer in God. His confidence is in his performance. He has disqualified himself from what? Masses of God. The other brother went up to the Lord and he was doing what? Beating his chest. And he said, Lord, what? Have mercy. Two people were praying. What if the other guy, with all that he has done, his eyes are on the masses of God? So the scripture is not telling us not to do right thing, but it's telling not to put our confidence in our righteous performance. Are you hearing me? Oh Lord, help us. 
You know, there is a tendency you tend to have. <laughs> you build that false confidence, you know. I've done it 40 days. God, you have to. No. You've got to hear me. Do you know what has happened to you? You have just fallen from grace to grass. You have fallen. You have entered into what we call wax. You have disqualified yourself from the mercies of God. You are now into wax. That's exactly how the children of Israel failed to enter in the blessing of the Lord. Because they did not trust in the performance of God. They were trusting in their own performance. Listen to me. Don't misunderstand me. Tell anybody we must do right. Say you must do right. But never put your confidence in your performance. Your confidence must be in what Jesus did for you. Because your ability to do right is furnished by his strength. If he withdraws his mercy, you'll find yourself in the bar. You'll wake up and find yourself, you are shaking in calabas over people. The cheap witch doctor, are you hearing me? It is mercy that brought. So there is no any time you can say, this is me, mercy. If you see yourself walking right, the masses of God. You see yourself doing right. The masses of God. There is, it, it is him who has furnished you with the ability to do right. Am I making sense to you? Say, Holy Spirit. Please help me. Say, Holy Spirit. I need your masses. So because of his masses, we are not consumed. An incident happened. First Chronicles, well, I think Second Samuel also has it. David counts the army of Israel. You know that story? And Joab, his captain, tells him, please don't count. He's against the Lord. And he went ahead and counted the army. But later on he realized it was a mistake. And so God comes to him through his prophet, I think Nathan, and tell him, choose three things for yourself. Famine for three years. Fleeing from your enemies for three months. Or a plague for three days. <laughs> Everything in threes. David, God told David, choose. But David was a man of experience. He knew his experience with God. So the prophet, now then think over and decide how I should answer the one who said, hey, God is amazing. <laughs> say, David, sit, think, then choose your punishment, then I'll tell God what you said. <laughs> David even didn't bother thinking twice. Give me verse. What does the next verse say? David said to God, I am in deep distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy, his great. But do not let us fall into human hands. David said, I'd rather fall in the hands of the Lord than fall in the hands of men. Because I know God is a God of what? Of mercy. And we know that as the plague began to ravage the land, the Bible says, and God told the angel, enough. God said, enough, don't go further. Enough. And he tells David, 
go and raise an altar. He gave David the solution to stop the plague. That is the mercies of God. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Am I making sense to you this morning? The mercies of God. The mercies of God. Say, His compassion. They don't want. They don't fail. Because He has enough resources to back up His compassion. Unlike you, praise the Lord, He has enough. has enough. Remember the story of Jonah. I want this scripture to sink into your spirit. I'm laboring to share this because I want this to be the state of your heart. I think it's in Psalms 147. Give me verse number 10. Psalms 147, verse number 10. Let's read together. He does not delight in the strength of a horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of Look at those legs of you. Say, God doesn't take pleasure in my legs. He doesn't take pleasure. Let me tell you. God has no pleasure in your figure. God has no pleasure in your color. You can swallow a tablet and you turn red. Say, never, don't do that. Praise the Lord. Say you don't need to bleach. Are you hearing me? He's trying to tell you what the world is running after. These things, they don't count to me. First of all, you don't have to put on Jeans that have holes everywhere as a patch. To me, the youth holes here, holes here, holes here. It's called damage. And balance. Hearts of men are not won by balance. The Bible says the heart of men is deep. It's deep. Who can understand that? Nobody. Give me the next verse. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him. What does He say? In those who hope in His mercy. That means, Bishop, even if you are a very handsome man, eh? I hope you believe in that. Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you stand before the mirror. That is not your advantage. Oh Lord help me. For a believer that is not your advantage. I'm trying to tell you how to attract God's mercy. Lord thank you for the whatever I have. But I know if it is about beauty, I'm telling you, all the beautiful people today, if it is about money, all the moneyed people today, that's why, give me that scripture, I love it so much in Psalms, I think, it's he say, man, at his best, is altogether vanity. When a man says, oh, here, 
I am at my best. The Bible tells. Give it to in Psalms. Have you seen it? All those scriptures I've been giving them to you, they should be able to quick. Let's read to it. Is there? Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadth, and my age is as nothing. To... Say, neighbor, why are you worried about your age? See what the Bible says about your age? It is what? Say, my age is nothing before this. Ah, say, my age is nothing. Tell you, my age is nothing. You know, somebody is fighting me right there inside of the pastor. You don't understand. I'm just reading the scriptures. It is the scriptures telling the age is what? It's nothing. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. When you think, ooh, you've put the lipstick, the eyelashes, you've put on the latest jean trouser. Are you hearing me? Amen. Put on, you know, these days, you know, these styles of these days, you have to buy a suit that is a size smaller than you, so they can hold you. Find us, guys putting on suits then. Big people squeezing their stomach in suits. You know, the buttons are almost about to break out. That's the fashion of this, isn't it? Tied. You can't even stretch your hand. You have to, your hand remains here. You do it, your thing will just tear. Say, Holy Spirit, have mercy. Whatever we are suffering from, I don't know. Praise the Lord. In the name of what? Fashion. <laughs> when you are at your best as a human being, don't forget that scripture. It all together. Vanity. But let God's light shine upon you. Oh, I'm telling you, the masses of God is the, what we call the game changer. So that's the game changer. That's the masses of God. It's the game changer. It's the game changer. I hope someone is being blessed this morning. I'm sharing this so that you can secure the masses of God 24-7. 24-7. Let me tell you. You can't pray enough. Say, I can't pray enough. Say, I cannot fast enough. That's why all of us, we need one. Masses of God. The masses of God. Call on that mercy every morning. Call on that mercy every morning. Are you on medication? Are you in the hospital? Are they treating you? As they treat you, call on mercy. Tell Lord, as I take this tablet, as they do whatever they're doing, I know this is what man can do. But man is limited. Where they have stopped, let your mercy take it on from there. Let the doctors do what they can do. Are you hearing me? But I need your mercy. Are you a businessman? You have engaged all the principles of business you know. Say, Lord, I've done what I know. But there's something beyond what they've given me. Let mercy carry me. Whatever you are engaging, begin to secure the masses of God and watch your life fly. Things will begin to change in your life. What was not working will begin to work for you. Am I making sense to somebody here? Praise the Lord. You're a minister of the gospel, pastor. They'll tell you principles of church growth. You have done everything about church growth. 
You have witnessed. They come, they go. Praise the Lord. They say, bring powerful. You have done everything. No. Tell him, Jesus. I'm telling you. Your heart. You have witnessed to your people. Invoke God's mercy. So let me conclude my sharing. Share with us. Condition number one to secure the mercies of God is what? Brokenness. What? Brokenness. Brokenness. The prodigal son, you remember? What happened to him? He said, I'll go back to daddy. I'll go back to daddy. I said, daddy, I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me. <laughs> you see, when you read that scripture there, it's very interesting. Do you know what killed those two boys in that home? A sense of what? Entitlement. <laughs> and this is the biggest problem we have in the book. A sense of entitlement. What destroyed those two boys? The one who didn't leave us had a sense of entitlement. But he stayed with his demon in the house. The other one took his demon outside. Are you hearing me? <laughs> But both of them, they were having the same heart problem. He said, Father, do what? Give to me what does what? Belong. Ebiangi. Hmm? Patricia. Ebiangi. Mine. And oof. Of Tuluero. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise Jesus. The father gave it to him. How did he live? By saying give me. How did he return? From give me to make me. <laughs> From give me to make me. Say Lord make me. Make me. And the father said now. You are ready to be a true son in the house. Gave him everything. He didn't even ask for a broken heart and a contrite spirit you will not despise this month of November it is a cry of my heart that God will do something in your life that you have never experienced ever since you gave your life to Jesus something so amazing just to explain to make you understand what mercy can do in a person's life whether for you whether for your family whether for your career or your life something that will be a landmark in your life to remind you that the mercies of God never fails. Can you rise up on your feet? The mercies of God never fails. The mercies of God never fails. I want to encourage you individually. Don't just say words. Make it your life. Make it your life. Lift those hands up to the Lord. Just take a minute or two. As you have heard the word. Just speak to him. Mercy came running. Like a priest on a set free. 
past all my faith to the point of my need. When the sin that I'd carried was all I could see. Yes, Lord. Mercy came running. Mercy came running. Oh, yes. Like a prisoner. Come on with everything in your spirit. Was all I could see. Let's talk to him. Talk to him. Just tell him. Tell him. Just feel free to release your spirit. Jesus. Jesus. We are not the best. We are simply willing, Lord. We are submitting ourselves, Lord. We surrender as a church. We surrender individually. Our lives, our families, our children. Lord, our dreams, our plans, our desires. We come before your throne of grace this morning. And we lay these on your altar. Oh, Lord, we are well aware, Lord. You said it. Unless you build, the builders build in vain. Unless you watch, the watchmen watch in vain. It is you who makes the difference in our life. Here we are this morning acknowledging, Lord, mercy us, Lord. Lord, there are people in this house, Father God, that have done everything they know about certain things. And Lord, nothing seems to be working. We invoke the covenant of mercy over their lives. Lord, in the areas of their finances, in the areas of relationship, in the areas of their health, in the areas of their family. Father, this I call on your name. Let your mercy triumph over their lives. Let your mercy triumph over their lives. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Just two minutes, just pray. Call on the mercies of God. Call on the mercies of God. Call on the mercies of God. Tell mercy triumph. Triumph over my daughters. Triumph over my sons. Triumph over my family. Triumph over my career. Lord, I pray. What I failed, what I, I have done, all I know. I have engaged all the principles, Lord. Lord, I have seen Ebu Kulama. Here I am. Calling on your mercy. That never fails. 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 That never failed. Oh, the unfailing compassion of Jehovah God. The unfailing grace of Jehovah God. The unfailing mercy of Jehovah God. Lord, this very morning, let it work wonders all over the prayer. Lord, all those who are watching, Father Lord, wherever they are. Tonight, Lord, reach Kaaba. See our great mercy, Lord. Let it work wonders, Father God. That very believes to that very issue, Lord. I join my faith again with those wives and those husbands trusting for the salvation of their spouses. That, Lord, your hand will rest upon them. Draw them in, my Father. 
You are the God who has the hearts of men in your hand. You have the hearts of men in your hand, Lord. Turning them like the river of water. Tonight, Jesus, I pray, Lord, Roshanta la Maragemar. Must he prevail? Must he prevail? Must he prevail? You are the king. You are the judge. You are the lawgiver. Lord, out of your benevolence, out of your goodness, my father. Oh, Jesus, tonight. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Le procura mando redestento la maraba. Yes, my father. Le corro mando kuduma. Let me just give you one scripture to pray with. Just the next one minute, just give me Psalms 25. These things are very close to my heart. Very passionate about it. Lo shambrama, Psalms 25. Verse number 7. I want to pray with this prayer. Psalms 25. Verse number 7. Let's read together. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgression. Next sentence. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness. Pray that prayer. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O oh Lord. For the sake of your goodness. For the sake of your goodness. Engage your faith. Engage your spirit. Engage your heart. These prayers will turn things around in your life. It will turn things around in your home. It will turn things around in your career. According to your mercy, remember me. According to your goodness sake. For your goodness sake. Just because you are good. Just out of your goodness, Lord. For your goodness sake, do something in these lives. For your goodness, I join my faith with everyone believing you tonight. Lord, all over those, Father, Lord, watching online and those here. Lord, this morning, that Lord, for your goodness sake, there will be a total turnaround. A complete turnaround, my Father. Lord, whatsoever they are trusting you for, whatever they are believing you for, this very night, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because you delight in showing us mercy. It is your pleasure, my Father. And Lord, we don't take it for granted. We don't take it for granted. We don't take it for granted. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Say, Heavenly Father, remember me for the sake of your mercy. Tell him again, remember me for your mercy's sake. Come on, shout and say, remember me. Remember my family. Remember my children. Remember my family. Remember my brothers. Remember my sisters. Remember my relatives. Lord, for your goodness sake, let salvation come. For your goodness sake, let healing come. For your goodness sake, let every scourge be broken. Lord, for your goodness sake, you are good. Out of your goodness, let this miracle happen. Out of your goodness, let this breakthrough come. Out of your goodness, let the healing come. Lord, for your goodness sake, for your mercy sake, remember me. Remember us, Lord. Remember us, Lord. This month of November, let me see the work of your mercy. The work of your mercy in every area of my life. I've released my faith. In your goodness, 
in your favor. Father, as it is written, a broken heart and a contrite spirit, you will not despise. I receive your mercy. 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 In Jesus' mighty name. Clap your hand to the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here, you're not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, experience the mercies of God, or you're here, you took a detour, you want to renew your life, or you don't have a home church, you want to be part of this one, you're welcome. I want to pray with you. Anyone there? Thank you, Jesus. Please, I encourage you. I shared this message at the lowest, but I pray this gets into your spirit. You watch the wonders of God. Turn to somebody on your left and tell them you're blessed. You're highly favored. And God is with you. Turn to another one and tell them the same. You're blessed. You're highly favored. And God is with you. The third person, tell them. Love you guys. See you tomorrow in the morning. Glory. Oh, when is this service at 5.30? Thank you. And the sin that I carried was all I could see. My sick and 